who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested, and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android, or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Wander with us into a world of magic. Do you lack magic? Where old stories take on a new life and the world is teeming with possibilities. Well, for the last time, we're not kissing, Fritz. Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with. Okay, Gown. Let's do this. And reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. Ready for your next adventure? Then we'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. What up? What's up? Madigan has some distressing things to talk about. Usually we don't go over what we're going to talk about beforehand. Uh, But you did mention to me what you wanted to discuss. And I think my words were, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, well, I wanted to mention it because it is kind of like, for me, at least, it feels like a touchy subject. And I wanted to kind of give you a heads up because I have a lot of feelings. I don't know what your feelings are. I feel like a lot of people have a lot of feelings and I don't know if I'm right or if I'm wrong. And so I wanted to do some reading about this and talk about it a little bit because we've covered this story multiple times as it's kind of evolved. I'm talking about Jesse Smollett. And see, even right then, again, my instinct was to be like, <sighs> I'm so like again, <laughs> tired. I, I just this man has me so exhausted. Yeah. Like I saw the picture of him in court with the, you know, when he, black like, power fist in the air in court. And saying he wasn't suicidal and that if anything happens to him in court, it wasn't because he did anything to himself. Or you mean in, um, or, in sorry, jail? Or sorry, in jail. Yeah. You know, he didn't do anything to himself. He had this very big outburst when he was sentenced. And since then, well, I mean, okay, so let's go back because for those of you who don't remember this story, Jesse Smollett uh, set up his own like hoax hate crime, essentially, mm-hmm. back in 2019. Um, he was found with a white rope around his neck. There was a chemical that had been poured mm-hmm. over his head. He was beaten. And they very quickly realized that it was a hoax. And there was actually evidence that he had paid these two brothers. There were there was video evidence of the brothers shopping for those specific things that he that they were supposed to right, get. They have, they have a mountain of evidence. It's, it's yeah. not like, you know, circumstantial stuff like they have actual evidence. Right. But it but what's going on right now made me question that because 
Once he was sentenced, I started seeing more and more people posting on Instagram about his innocence and hashtag hashtag free Jesse and things like that. And I was like, "Hmm," did a little doggy like head tilt. And so I read his sister's Instagram post where she said journey, journey, small, journey, small. What was she? What was the Disney show? She was Selma Lord Selma. Oh, okay. That was the movie she was in that I watched. I loved that. Yeah, the that shit was, out of. And we yeah. talked about it in mm-hmm. um, our was it our Selma episode that yeah. we talked about? Yeah, that yeah. Movie? And she was also in Underground, that TV show, which is so good, and Love Lovecraft Country. She's she was, beautiful and she's talented. Yeah. Why do? Why am I thinking she was little girl in Full House? She was. Okay, that's where I know her from. I was like, no, there was a show because I didn't like watch any of those. I was like, I think I know her like really little from Full House. Yeah, she was like the neighbor girl from Full House. She does. She looks the same as she did when she was a kid. Yeah. So his sister posted, black Americans are incarcerated in state prisons at nearly five times the rate of white Americans. Jesse is innocent and you don't have to believe he's innocent to believe he should be free. I And that made me so confused. I, I, that I understand actually. Like I think these are two separate issues and that's like, and that's why i was getting kind of like whiplash with like emotional whiplash with the situation you can believe that he is guilty of what he has been convicted of and still believe that the sentence that he has gotten is too harsh right like i think in general we incarcerate people like america incarcerates people at such a high rate right like we are overzealous in that way and a, a big part of that is because we have for-profit prisons and we have also talked about it on this podcast that yes, black men are incarcerated at um, a much, much higher rate. And they're usually given much longer sentences, harsher punishment. Right. All, all of that is true. And it's I all can, very legit. But I also, so he, originally there were charges that were dropped after the very first grand jury indictment of it. They were like, there was some payoff kind of situation and the charges were dropped. But then there was kind of this public outcry for another investigation and for more charges to be brought upon him. And that was when he was convicted of five out of six felony charges back in, I want to say it was like November, 2021. And then he was just sentenced in March. So it was kind of like they were flip-flopping um, whether or not they were going to actually like charge him with any time or if they were just going to give him a fee and things like that. And that's why he was released last night was because they're waiting for an appeal and the grounds of that is double jeopardy. They're claiming that he had already kind of paid for his crime in a way and then brought back to court for the same thing. I didn't go into like the details of the appeal and all that kind of stuff because I just want to mention that he is out on release right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really weird because it's something called a personal recognizance bond which means that he didn't have to put any money down but he agrees to show up to court when he's needed you just trust him to show up right that's why i'm like that doesn't make sense and one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for him i feel like isn't high enough so but there's been some people who are saying that you know the number of days and the penalties he's received were too harsh for his crime. There are people saying it should have been harsher, things like that. Okay, I mean, listen, I don't know anything about the law, so I have no idea how the law should be applied. As someone who thinks that we should not be incarcerating people the way that we are incarcerating people in this country, I can kind of have an understanding about that sort of thing. But to say that his crime or what he is being um, convicted of wasn't harmful... 
is like massively upsetting to yeah. me because he is a black man. He is a gay man. And this was supposedly a hate crime on both of those fronts. Yeah. Right. And if this is something that he made up, which the courts have convicted him of. Yeah. That's so incredibly detrimental to those communities. To the next person who's maybe not Jesse Smollett. Right. Who's on Empire, who goes to the cops with a hate crime because and they're not believed. Yes, this man is a member of these marginalized communities. And I don't want to at all diminish his experience within those communities or who he is as a person. But he is also a very privileged person. Yeah. And there are a lot of people who experience real violence and, and hate crimes against them who don't have this kind of financial cushion, who don't have this spotlight on their case, who don't have the ability. Who probably still have a lot of fans and support behind them in a lot of ways, even though a lot of people are still like probably now very against him. I feel like he probably does. Right. I mean, in support. I mean, just from what I've been seeing on social media with the number of people that are using the hashtag free Jesse, it was kind of astounding to me. Yeah. I mean, I haven't in fairness, I haven't taken a super close look at this case. I, I just remember, and so maybe I'm being unfair, and maybe I need to go take another look at this case and draw my own conclusions. I just remember feeling so, so just blindsided. It was like a very big betrayal, I feel like, for a lot of reasons. Like, we posted something where it was Tyra Banks saying, like, we were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. And right. then it cuts back to Jesse from, like, a, a past interview or something right. so like that. Right, so if you go back and listen to our back catalog of episodes, you can find the episode where this was first reported. And, of course, you and I are outraged about this situation. Yes. That this has happened to him. And then, very quickly, like in the next couple of weeks, more and more information started coming out where it just looked extremely suspicious. Yeah. And I know that looks can be deceiving, so maybe I'm wrong, but I it mean, doesn't really feel like it. I've been trying to play devil's advocate. I was Googling, you know, evidence against Jesse Smollett, Jesse Smollett innocence. I'm like trying to kind of dig a little bit and I'm thinking, so the two main pieces of evidence that I was seeing over and over again and just like the articles that I was reading about was like the ongoingness of the case or whatever was saying that the evidence was that there was proof that Jesse had paid the brothers like $35,000 or something like that. But then the other evidence was the video of the brothers in the store purchasing the items, which to me, when I think about it, doesn't necessarily tie back to Jesse. If Jesse is not on the footage or anything like that. But I believe they did have a paper trail. But I, that's yeah. the thing is that there was a paper trail. And then I think it was that they were able to connect Checks. Like, the paper trail and the receipts to yeah. the video footage and things like yeah. that to connect the story. He wrote them checks. I'm pretty sure that's what I had heard. Right. Because there was it was clear that Jesse had paid these men. For me, I was just uh, trying to play devil's advocate here of trying to figure out how they're seeing innocence. I'm still trying to see that side. A yeah, little bit. that's that's what gets me right. Like, I think that that's what's driving me a little nuts is I follow BLM Los Angeles, Black Lives Matter Los Angeles. And this is the second post. That I they've sent made. this to you, didn't I? Where I was like, wait, what? Yes. And they yeah. made a post previously. I think when he was going on retrial, they had made a post oh, that, I that think I missed that one didn't go over well. It was quite a while ago. And they 
had said that they were standing behind Jesse and that they believed him to be innocent and that they believed that the incarceration system, incarceral system in the United States needed to be kind of broken down and built back up. And Which, like, yes, that last part. Yes. Exactly. 100%. So, so why are you toying with me? I, <laughs> I don't know if they are like I, I that's the no, problem. I think they're being legit, but I feel like I'm being toyed with because I feel like I can get on board for one half. Of I feel it like and I'm not being gaslit <laughs> because I feel like those two things don't go together right now. I, I need to look into more about what his punishments are, but I believe it was like a fairly short stay in prison and then it was like some community service or probation for two years or something like that afterwards. Hmm. So it's not like he's going away for years and years. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to look more closely at his charges. Yeah. But it does not rub me the right way. No. I'll say that. And I haven't taken a close look at it. So maybe I'm wrong. Listeners, if you have more information, if you've done a deep dive. That's or if exactly you just have, what I wanted. If you just have opinions about this that maybe are counter to my opinions, maybe I'm being... Maybe I'm letting the fact that I feel like my personal feelings got hurt <laughs> cloud my judgment, which here. is legit. But I'm honestly, like I said, I'm I'm trying to play devil's advocate here and like find. I I'm trying right. to find that side of the story, and I didn't have the time. I broke my computer during the full length episode last week, y'all. So my research this week was a little bit more difficult, but I will definitely take more time to do so. I'm so like weirdly fascinated and disturbed by all of this that it makes me want to keep seeing what's happening next. I just feel like if if Jesse is guilty, which that's just my vibe right. that I'm getting, right? And I could be wrong. But if Jesse is guilty, we cannot go backing people like this. No. Right? Like we we just can't. It's not the play. It's not the hill that we want to die on. Yeah. And we can say broadly, and I would include Jesse in this completely, that perhaps the punishments or the incarceration period shouldn't be as long for crimes where nobody actually really physically got I mean, hurt. He was right? the only one truly claiming that got to hurt. have gotten hurt. I mean, he did. He did have some like minor injuries. He was like released from the hospital. Right. The but if they're morning, essentially self-inflicted, like, that's I what don't I'm think saying. That that there really... were injuries, but it wasn't inflicted. Upon right. So I can others. I can stand by saying that much saying right. that like, OK, I can say that I can advocate for everyone the same way that I can advocate for everyone who's incarcerated being rehabilitated and having the opportunity to change their life, I can also say that we need to take a closer look at these sentences and establish whether or not they're actually fair or they're actually in the best interest of society as a whole, as well as the person right. who's been convicted. And while I think what Journey Smollett was saying is also important because it's about taking a look at our prison industrial system as a whole and how that needs to be. That's changed. fine, but this is a ter- like if he's it's a guilty, bad example it's of a why. horrible. And I don't feel like we, unfortunately, because of the society that we live in, I don't think that we have. There's not enough grace for people who stand on the opposite side of this issue to use this as the example because yeah. they're going to throw out everything you have to say about changes that need to be made to the prison industrial system because of who you're talking about. Yeah. So it's a bad play. It's a very bad play. In my opinion. But and I'm very confused as to why a lot of activist 
people that I you know know of in Hollywood are like supporting it. It's just very confusing to me, and it made me have to take a second look to make sure that I wasn't just being prejudiced. I'd have to take a look. Know? I'd have to take a look. I I haven't. But I'm I'm side eyeing it pretty hard. Yeah, listeners, if you have any other information or opinions, like Keegan said, please feel free to write us in. I am so very curious. Yeah, I just I want to get to the bottom of it so we can stop talking about this man. God, like, <laughs> ugh, ugh. Okay, so we are going to take a quick break and be right back. During Women's History Month, come explore what feminism means to you with nonfiction storytelling podcast, Thread the Needle. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I'll use my background in journalism to dive into topics that matter to women today. Listen to Thread the Needle wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we are back. So I wanted to talk about the possibility of permanent daylight savings, which at first glance I'm here for but I did some reading (laughs) right exactly like I first saw that and I was like great to be honest I'm not one of those people who has a strong opinion like so many people are like first of all fuck daylight saving like I mean changing your your time like clocks or whatever I hate the shorter days I hate it I just feel tired more of the time I feel down more of the time my energy is lacking this week has felt great oh yeah oh immediately yeah. I went for a walk earlier this week you and can I was go for like, a walk at like six I went in the middle of the day but I literally I can't remember the last time I was out for a walk where I was like this is the most perfect day I have ever seen in my life yeah like there is something about spring that just hits so hard because you're coming Uh out of this like dark place of winter yeah I'm like oh my gosh it smells like fresh blooms and it's true it's clear and it's gorgeous outside you know even in the valley weird (laughs) I love the valley me too I'm never leaving (laughs) (laughs) I love the valley I don't care I'm reading a book right now by Eve Babbitts who's a LA local yeah yeah. I I love her I love her writing I've read something of hers because I know that name and I can't remember what it would be yeah, but she's talking about how much I'm reading it right now. And she's talking about how much people hate the valley in Los Angeles, which is such like, bullshit. We have they great do. food. You don't have to really like go anywhere too far. The traffic's not that bad. Like you don't really have to get on the freeway if you don't really want to. Yeah. If you're thinking about moving to L.A., don't listen to the L.A. snobs who say that the valley is like no man's land or something like that. Like, no. It's, we have fun. We have fun here. Great sushi. Great tacos. Great bars. That's right. We know how to live. Anyway, so daylight savings. (laughs) So spring, daylight savings. (laughs) So late Tuesday afternoon this week, with no real debate, it was pretty much unanimous, the Senate agreed to legislation that would make daylight saving time the permanent setting for U.S. clocks, ending the ritual of changing clocks in the fall and late winter. So I'm an idiot, and I, I just always called anytime you changed your clock, daylight savings time right like I was always just like oh it's daylight savings we I have think to that's change what everybody kind of does just in general because it does it's the opposite we're not saving daylight we're killing daylight right one is standard time and the other one is daylight, daylight savings, savings time, time. Right. right so this legislation was pushed by Senator Marco Rubio boo mm. we don't love him but he calls this the Sunshine Protection Act. Which I like I, that. It makes me laugh. Like I'm like the sunshine, like like sunshine needs protecting. We you know? need to protect the sun. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of other ways we could be protecting the sun, like in a more literal better, sense. Better ways. But 
Yeah, I mean, and actually, the sun doesn't need our protecting. We need protecting from, from the, the sun. sun. Yeah. The sun's going to fucking kill us soon. Yes, truly. Getting closer and closer every day. <laughs> so, like you said, we all hate it when it gets dark early. And, I mean, especially since I've been working from home, I loathed it working facing my like window and just watching it get dark at like 5 p.m. and knowing that I still have another hour of work to go and knowing I'm going to be like working in the dark. It was terrible. Yeah, especially like when we extended our close time to 8 p.m. and it'd be 4 p.m. and it was already dark out and I was like ready to go home at four because it's dark. Right. And then I'd have to be there for another four and a half hours. I think not. Horrible. <laughs> it's yeah. so stupid. It, or when I would come is. in late and it'd already be dark and I'd be like, what the fuck is this? Right. So permanent daylight savings would help to prevent that, though it means that sunrises will arrive very late in the winter, approaching 9 a.m. in some <laughs> northern states. So it'll be nine o'clock and it will still be it'll be like 830 in the morning and it'll still be dark outside. Which is kind of a wild concept. That's really wild. Yeah. So the reason they decided to do away with fall back rather than spring forward is because we are already in daylight saving time, 36 weeks out of the year, and only out of it 16 weeks out of the year. So it feels like the obvious choice. It's like, well, just go with the thing that we're in most often. Um, Apparently, though, the U.S. tried to do this once before in the 1970s, and it did not go particularly well. So because we are accustomed to a light morning, our society revolves around it. Like we all get up early to go to work and to go to school. And this means that during the fall and winter months, children will be headed off to school in total darkness. (laughs) Which is weird to think about. So in 1974, when we Bye, did, little Jimmy. Right. Good luck. I mean, don't get kidnapped on the way to school in the middle of the night. I feel like this will be less of an issue now because we are less likely to let our children just kind of walk in the dark, go alone. away by themselves. But in the 70s, when this first passed, this was like a major issue. Like one mom was like, yeah, I had to send my kid off to school in the pitch darkness. Like they all left with flashlights. And I'm like, why didn't you walk your kid to the bus stop? <laughs> what kind of mom are you? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. If it's dark, like, okay. Uh, so Use your best judgment, kids. Yeah, good luck. I hope you make it home. You have flashlights. It's the 70s too, which is just like, Serial killers around the seventies. Every corner. Did you know they say that the golden era of serial killers like started in the early seventies and ended in like two thousand ten with Israel Keys or something like that? That's a long time. Yeah, that's a really long time. And like the only reason that they think we're going to start to see the fall of the serial killer is because of DNA and other technology. Which oh yeah, good. Finally, we'll we'll catch them quicker (sighs) nowadays. But in 1974, when people did this the first time, as they became accustomed to the change, accidents in the morning went way up. So students across the country, some as young as six years old, were reportedly hit and injured by cars in the early morning darkness on their way to school. But y'all know how to drive at night. Like, why are you driving so recklessly in the morning in the dark? Well, I think it's probably because... They're not accustomed. Like, if Are you're, they sleepy? It's probably maybe partly that, but also if you're used to driving in the morning when it's dark out, I think your mind might equate that to everyone's asleep, right? So you're not maybe being as cautious as you would be if you're driving when you know people are headed home. I say everyone just be safe drivers. Be safe drivers all, all the, the time. time. But I mean, I will say I've been guilty of that. Like if I'm driving at like... Mm, I'm coming home from somewhere at like three in the morning. I was going to say, if we know no cars are going to be on the road, but aren't you smart enough to know that you woke up and uh, it's morning time? 
Well, like, wouldn't you just know that? I think that, and you know, they talk it's about 8, that. 8 a.m. Other like, experts talk about that, but your brain doesn't feel like it's 8 a.m. because you're our used brains to are seeing, fucking stupid. Then, <laughs> well, because you're used to seeing the sky a certain way. I get it. I morning. just don't agree with it. <laughs> I mean, I think it's science, Madigan. I don't, I don't agree with it. I don't think you can disagree. <laughs> uh, but yes, people should be cautious every time they're right? driving. That's all I'm saying. Certainly. That's all I'm saying. So some as young as six years old were reportedly hit and injured by cars in the early morning darkness. In the weeks after the change, eight Florida kids were killed in traffic accidents. Oh, my God. This got parents up in arms for obvious reasons. But again, maybe drive your kids to school if it's that dark in the morning. But... Who am I to say? However, uh, accidents in the afternoons and evenings when it was lighter went down. So it's yeah. kind of like pick your poison. It's That's gonna, what I'm saying. You're going to have more accidents when it's dark, period. But is it? But you said that it would be in certain parts of the country that it would be I guess, getting lighter. So like as farther south as you go, the later the sunrise would be? I think north, the further north you go. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So among the most ardent opponents of year-round daylight saving time are doctors and researchers with the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. So sunlight activates key hormones that fuel a person's activities for the day. And the earlier that process starts, the better. So I think that that's part of it too, is that like we are so used to the sun kind of being this like... Our alert system to wake up. Right. And like now you need to pay attention. Now you need to focus. So people aren't used to having to drive to to work at 7.30 in the morning and it be pitch black outside. So right. their brain is just not making that like connection. connection. Yeah. Uh, Again, stupid brains. <laughs> and melatonin, which is key to falling asleep, is triggered after the sun sets. So the earlier that happens, the longer the runway toward a good night of sleeping. So it the sun kind of setting later gives us gives our bodies less, less time, time to prepare to fall asleep and things like that yeah but it sucks when i have to be productive so far into the night and i'm tired at four yeah that sucks i don't want to start getting tired at four no me neither right me neither but this spokesperson for the Sleep Academy, who is also a neurologist at the University of Washington Medicine Sleep Center, mm. said going to daylight saving time year round is a really bad idea. If we do this, it's essentially dosing the entire United States with jet lag, permanent jet lag. <laughs> Which I'm this like, is okay. bumming me out. It doesn't sound good. So he said that his ideal would be permanent standard time. So he's like, if we don't want to change our clocks, just go to permanent standard time no, rather than no, permanent. No, 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 I need daylight savings. Well, I mean, this is what he's saying. I don't feel like I'm, okay. I'm but, not going to fight with scientists. They know more than me. I'm going to stop. This is this man's entire life. Is, I know, and I'm like talking back to him like a child. You're like, I think you're wrong, I actually. I think you're wrong. Because I want you to be wrong. I was just going to say, no, I just really want him to be wrong. Yeah, yeah. But proponents for year-long daylight savings also believe that it could reduce crime with later hours of sunshine, decrease child obesity by encouraging kids to play later into the day. I don't know if that's really going to mm. matter. It's, you know, I don't think that's gonna affect kids anything have screens kids who want to go home and play video games are going to go home and play video games no matter what time it gets dark yeah. i don't think that's going to matter uh and put a dent in seasonal depression rates now that that is the big one for yeah. me yes 
So this bill still needs to pass the House and it still needs President Biden's signature. But if it can secure those things, Americans would fall back this November, spring forward next March in March of 2023, and then never, never change their clocks again. Well, I mean, I guess it sounds like a bad idea. I mean... <laughs> I say I we, don't want to agree. <laughs> I say we give it a shot, right? Right. What's the heart to at least give it another try? We tried it in the seventies. It's been fifty years. Fool me once, right? I feel like we've learned. Yeah. We'll, we'll drive our kids to school now. Fool me right? twice, or at least walk with them. Yeah, we, I mean, we can't drive them for get any him, reason. Like, get him one of those reflective jackets or yeah. something. Oh my god, that's what my dad did when my parents moved to the cabin. He would go on walks super early in the morning and he bought himself an entire reflective, like almost like a workman suit where it yeah. was bright orange the jumpsuit gray. It wasn't, it was two pieces and a vest. So he'd wear like a bright orange shirt and then the like reflective bright orange vest with the, like the gray reflective like tape on mm-hmm. it. And then he had a pair of pants that had those like striped down the bottom so he wouldn't get hit by any cars. Well, there you go. I mean, maybe that should just be standard. You should get that whenever you sign up for school. If they're like, how are you getting to school? And you're like, I have to walk to the bus stop. Then you... Well, you know what out. you know what I did as well, and I don't know if they do this anymore with kids. Like, I don't know if it's appropriate for kids to be watching kids in this way anymore. Like, if it's deemed like safe enough. But I was part of the school patrol. Like, all of us were in like fifth grade, so we would be designated to certain spots around the school where we would like literally walk with the kids, one person in front, one person behind, and the kids would stay in the middle until a certain point, and then they had to either like meet their parents or walk on their own the rest of the way home. But we would like walk them pretty far yeah I mean I just feel like we've done this once before we saw the pitfalls of it so maybe we can kind of get ahead of some of those pitfalls this go around like we know so like you can tell but I don't like the feeling of having jet lag all the time like I don't want that either well let's see let's see how bad it is maybe it's not that bad maybe it's not or maybe we as a society need to just adjust during those months in terms of like hey maybe in the winter months we get to start work an hour later right exactly Exactly. We got through a pandemic. We obviously know how to adjust. Yeah. (laughs) You know, we got this. All right, everybody. Well, if there's anything that you want us to talk about in the future on one of the news episodes, you can go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at angry neighborhood feminist. If you want to check out some of our merch, you can go to the link in our bio on our Instagram or in the show notes wherever you're listening. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can rate and review us on the business page and chat with the fellow listeners on the group page. Last but certainly not least, we have so many exciting things coming up for you all. So if you would please leave us a positive five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so already. It is the best way you can support us and it makes our day. All right. With all that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Bye. Hey, Jenny, have you um, ever heard of a vampire slayer? Do you mean the one girl in all the world with the strength and skill to fight the vampires, demons, and forces of darkness? I do. Oh, yeah. I've heard of her. Cool. My name is Jenny Owen Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And together, we spent six years watching every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one at a time, podcasting about each and every one. Never seen Buffy before? We will protect you. Our podcast is spoiler-free, so first-time viewers can listen along safely. Ever thought to yourself, I wish someone was brave enough to write an original song for every single episode of Buffy? (laughs) Your search is at an end, my friend, because we did exactly that. 
So if you've never watched Buffy or if you're about to watch the series for the 14th time, come over and join us. Our podcast is called Buffering the Vampire Slayer, and you can learn more about it at BufferingCast.com. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.